0: The uh, writer and uh, Christian uh, speaker Josh McDowell has combined his gifts with Dr. Norm Wakefield to write a book called The Dad Difference. Now I mentioned this on this Father's Day uh, hoping that some of you were motivated to be a good dad, we will see to it that you get this book and read it. It's a very, very profitable book. Um, he states in it some rather disconcerting facts about Christian dads, at least church dads. One of the statistics that he gives to us is that the average teen in our churches, spends only two minutes a day in meaningful dialogue with his dad. Two minutes a day. 25% of those teens say that they have never, these are church teens, remember, 25% of these teens say that they have never had a meaningful conversation with their father, a talk that was centered on the interests of a teenager. Now that's a very, very tragic statistic, and it perhaps is one of the strongest evidences as to why we're in the mess we're in, in our culture, because if that's true, of church dads think how much more it's true of the world system and those who are a part of it and have no church life. So I'd like to recommend this book. I do have a criticism of it, however, and that is that uh, all matters of discipline are... Designated as being part of what we might call positive reinforcement. Always seeking to um, positively reinforce with suggestions and communication with your children the way that you want them to go. I'm not certainly opposed to that. In fact, I think it's tremendously important. But I was disappointed that this book only has one short paragraph on the subject of discipline. And I just want to read it to you. Discipline also comes under this heading of guidance and counsel. There's your positive reinforcement. The Lord is the perfect father. He disciplines those he loves. Too often we think of discipline in a negative light, a punishment. We have found a definition that sure makes a lot of sense. And here's the definition these authors have found. Discipline is guiding, educating, and supervising a child's choices. As parents, dads need to be committed to helping develop the capacity for wise decision-making in their children through firm, loving, and instructive discipline. Now, why does that concern me, that that's the only paragraph in an important book on the dad difference? Well, the major reason is not just this series that I'm bringing where my own Heart has been so much centered upon God authored discipline. But I feel it's an affront to a very basic doctrine of Scripture. Now that doctrine of Scripture is one of the most important that any of us ever learn. And that is that every one of us is by nature and by choice sinful. And depending upon our temperament, we live that out in varying degrees of rebellion and opposition to God's ways, our parents' ways, or any authority figures' ways. We want to do our own thing. And our culture has taught us that's what we ought to do. So discipline is necessary because of the sin nature. And it's more than positive reinforcement. It's vital that a a dad knows and understands that at times his child can be rebelliously wicked. I know that's a hard thing to admit, but it's true. And in those times even though it may be very painful both to the father and to the child, it's extremely important that the child learn that this authority figure who represents God in the life of his child knows how to say no. And when there is strong rebellion and positive reinforcement fails, it's sometimes painful. Painful discipline is administered. As I read this book, I couldn't help but ask myself, why would such outstanding authors neglect the subject of firm, corrective discipline? I believe it's because they're fearful of of the fact that in our culture, one of our most prevailing problems is child abuse. And many of us right here have had experience with parents who disciplined us that our experience bordered on child abuse. And please know I'm not in any way supporting that kind of discipline. In fact, that's the whole purpose of this series is to somehow try to give us a biblical perspective of how to do it and of being very serious about doing it God's way. So in this last message that I'm to bring, I want to give you rather quickly some 14, in fact, different points on some of the practical aspects of carrying out biblical discipline. Now you should have your outline, it's Bill Gothard's outline that I brought home from the uh, pastor's seminar, and um, I commend it for your careful keeping and studying it, and perhaps uh, having it apart, by the way we'll have these available uh, with the tape series, so that uh, if you have failed to pick yours up or you've lost it, you'll be able to fill it in again in the tape series. We dealt last week with the consequences for disobedience. And we talked about after the first offense last Sunday night, and I just mentioned, get alone with your child. Clarify the instructions. Convey grief for disobedience. And with eye-to-eye contact, discipline is to be powerful communication. And it needs to be very personal. Number four, give only one warning before administering the defined discipline. And the final one, be prepared to follow through on biblical discipline. But uh, you know and I know that discipline requires more than one go-round. In fact, uh, it's very important that you be consistent And that you be always at it. That it's a part of your life. And so, there are going to be some second and third and perhaps even more times when you need to administer discipline over the same matter. Now, hopefully, the first time we'll correct it. But uh, you know that The temperament of the child often makes that uh, not so. But let me suggest some important things. And you'll want to fill in the blanks of your outline on these last 14 points. First of all, in subsequent offenses to the first one, act immediately after you hear about the offense. And that's so important. Don't say when you learn about some offense of your child, well, it happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago or even longer than that. So I guess I'll just let it pass. The moment you do that, you communicate to your child that uh, discipline's not really important. And if he can just hide it from you long enough, he'll get away with it. One of the important principles of discipline is when you hear about it, an offense, correct it immediately. I mean by that, as soon as it's possible. Can't always do it immediately. But in any kind of discipline, that's important. I remember a number of years ago, having to correct a staff person for a rather serious problem that had happened several weeks before the time that I heard about it. But when I heard about it immediately, I set up an appointment with that staff person and administered the discipline which I was responsible to administer. And a great lesson was learned in a drawing together upon important issues of the staff So that's so important to be sure to follow through immediately. The second thing, bind Satan before entering into a disciplined confrontation. That again is a very vital responsibility of a parent. If there's any time when the devil and his kingdom of darkness will try to intrude into the life of your child, And build barriers and walls between you and your child. It's when you're administering discipline. Which is so much like what God does to us. Satan hates that. He wants it to go bad. And because of the fact that as believers we're united with Christ. God has given us authority over darkness. To bind the enemy. Forbidding him to intrude into the life of your child. And we're responsible to be protectors of our children, but never more than when we're going to discipline them. I remember a number of years ago talking to a man who had some real problems in his life that he was seeking to correct. And we got to talking about his childhood and about his discipline from his parents and he shared with me how that, that uh, when his parents would discipline him, that rage would be in his heart and cursing toward his parents and even plotting of how he was going to get even, even though on his face none of that sh- was showing. That's what was going on inside. And where was that coming from? Doubtlessly. Controlled by some unknown, unseen, evil power of darkness. The enemy was seeking to put rebellion and cursing and get even attitude into that child's heart. And he recognized the father that I'm speaking about when he was old enough to correct his own children. He recognized that way back there when he was a little boy, the enemy had been seeking to manipulate him and cause him to act in a rebellious, wicked manner against his parents' discipline. So remember that. It's a very urgent responsibility. Bind away the enemy. Number three, get a loan for correcting discipline. We mentioned that last Sunday night as one of the important parts under disciplining the first time. Don't do it before siblings in the family or even the, in most cases, I think only one parent should be in on a given discipline. So there's privacy and there's communication between the one who administers the discipline and the one being disciplined. Needs to be that, that dignity assigned to honor his desire not to have it made public, not to do it out where everybody can see it, but it's private and it's quiet, and there's a deep dignity about it. Number four, establish personal responsibility for the offense. It's very, very wise. When you discipline your child. To get him to relate to you. What he did. In his words. And one of the things. One of the questions you can ask is. What did you do? What did you do? So that he begins to give back to you. His sin. In his own understanding. In his own words. Very important to establish personal responsibility. And the next one is tied in with that. Respect the appeal of his conscience. Now our conscience is one of those beautiful, God-given parts of our person that needs to be honored and respected and understood as deeply as we can. Now most of us know that the conscience never tells you what is right and what is wrong. That depends upon your teaching. Your conscience only tells you that it's always right to do right and it's wrong to do wrong. So the conscience must be honored. And how do you do that? Well, let me read to you from... Romans chapter 2 and verse 15. This statement about conscience. Since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also being witness. And their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. Take advantage of this wonderful ingredient god has invested in your child called his conscience and appeal to his conscience now, how do you do that well again some practical questions such as after he's related what he did then ask him was that fair was that honest was that kind So that his conscience begins to work. Did that honor God? And you let that important investment of God in your child. Be alerted. Sensitized. Deepened. Emphasize parental responsibility to God. Now that's a very important thing. That your child understands that when you discipline him, you're not just doing it out of your idea as a parent. He needs to know that God holds you accountable to discipline him. And uh, to read some verses out of Proverbs like this one listed in your notes. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. So you see, son, what I'm doing is what God expects of me. And one day I'll be accountable to God, whether I did it well, whether I was faithful. You'll be responsible how you responded. But I'm responsible to discipline according to God's pattern, God's plan. Number seven, reflect grief. Not anger. Now that's such an important part of discipline. That you not discipline in anger. If you do, as we're going to study just in a moment, you wound your child's spirit. And you actually may stiffen his will to resist you. And so you want to communicate, not anger. I think it's so wonderful to know that God never disciplines Christians in anger. That all took place at Calvary. Oftentimes you'll hear Christians say when they're going through some tough and hard times, well, God must be angry at me. It always makes me wince a little when I hear that. And if I'm in a situation where I can uh, speak to it, without offending them or getting alone with them perhaps later. I always point out that God's not angry with a Christian when you undergo pain. Just the opposite is true. God is loving you. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And parents need to remember that's the way we're to do it. Like God does it with love, not anger. It's proper to reflect grief that it wounds you. I shared with you already in this series the time my father gave me my last spanking when I was 11 or 12 years of age. And uh, I was uh, letting it be known that I was not enjoying it But the thing that meant the most to me was when I looked at my dad, I'll never forget the tears coming out of his eyes. And his grief over having to discipline his son was bringing him deep hurt. That did more for me than the spanking. Also, win over his will without breaking the spirit. Bill Gothard makes a great deal of this in his basic seminars. How important it is that when you discipline your children, you don't harm their spirit. You break their will. Bring their will to the place where they're willing to submit it to you. Now, what do you need to be careful about? First of all, never attack his person or his character. Never say things like, you're no good. Or why can't you be like your brother? Or why can't you be like your sister? Or what a dumb, ugly kid you are. Now, when you Say things like that and some of you here grew up under that kind of discipline and it wounded you deeply. And when you've been wounded like that, oftentimes when you become a disciplinarian, you pull the same kind of mistake. And when you do that, you wound your child's spirit. And soon he begins to think he's no good. He's not really, as the scripture teaches, one who is of infinite value to God, who's made in the likeness and image of God, and one that God loves unconditionally, but he begins to feel worthless, unloved, and he begins to live out his wounded spirit in his rebellion. Hebrews two fifteen speaks about the seriousness of that problem in these words, where Hebrews 12:15. I'm sorry. See to it that no one misses the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness is always a sign of a wounded spirit. And uh, we're responsible to be careful not to do that. Number nine, know the causes behind breaking a child's spirit. And a few are listed. Anger, we've already touched on. Inconsistency. Don't fall into that trap of one time letting it pass without... Scarcely a notice, and the next time severe discipline. All you do is wound your child's spirit. He never knows where he stands with you. Injustices. Broken promises. Oh, how we need to be careful we don't make our make a promise to our child. We're gonna take him fishing. Or we're going to go to the fair, and then it comes, and Dad's busy, and they don't go fishing, and they don't go to the fair, or whatever it was. And you've wounded your child's spirit. And then I've listed never asking your child for forgiveness. That's so tragic that you can go through, or your child can go through, the whole gamut of living in your home as your little child, your teenager, your young person. Never have dad say, son or daughter, I really blew it. I'm so sorry I lost my temper. Or son, I really need to ask you to forgive me for forgetting about our fishing trip. We wound spirits when we do that, and that's a crushing thing, a very harmful thing. Number 10, crying is God's remedy for clearing the conscience. Have you ever heard a parent, or maybe you've said it, if you don't quit crying, I'll give you some more. When you do that, you... Uh, You have failed to recognize tears are God's way of helping a child clear his conscience. And never interfere with tears. Let them flow. Encourage it. See it as something that's desirable, not something that's harmful. Here are some signs of willfulness that indicate that the discipline has not been effective. Temper tantrums. Refusal to cry. You ever had a child when you disciplined him he just bit his lip? Refused to give you the satisfaction that he was going to cry? There are problems present when that happens threats or acts of retaliation, bitter resentment. Now that ought to wound you when your child acts that way, but don't press it too hard at any given time. Don't feel you have to bring that child into total submission every time you're disciplining. If you notice those things, you better resort back to prayer and waiting. The psalm 27 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Give God an opportunity to work through your discipline in the life of your child. Also under that, tears of remorse only. Sometimes tears come and they're only tears because it got caught or because the discipline was administered. We want to see tears of repentance where the child recognizes that he's offended God by his disobedience as well as offending his parent. And if you doubt the difference between that, compare the repentance of Peter as over against that of Judas. One was remorse, the other was repentance. In difficult cases, continue to express your grief Pray much for the corrective process and ask the Lord to give insight to the child into to you. That's so important. Wait. Pray. Don't uh, feel that all of the discipline has to accomplish its purpose in every single situation. Sometimes you may even sense that it has failed. Take into consideration the temperament of the child. What works in one child's life may not work at all in the other child's life. And that recognition can be very helpful in guiding you, giving you insight as to how to discipline each child in the uniqueness of its temperament and its personality. And then here's another important one under this difficult case situation. Examine your life to make sure you're not showing similar response to God's reproofs. You see, you can be administering discipline while you're rejecting God's discipline. You're not responding to it in your own life. And sometimes the Lord may seek to correct you by making your discipline role in the life of your child difficult. So it's important to look at what God is doing in your own life. Give comfort after repentance. How important that is. That's the way God does for you and me. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto those of us who are exercised by God's discipline. God always rewards. God encourages. And so, use words, affectionate touch and forgiving understanding of your child after discipline has accomplished its purpose in your life, child's life. And then finally, Encourage accountability by proper restitution. I mentioned the boys in the neighborhood who broke one of our windows here and came in immediately and reported it to our administrative secretary. And they hadn't been gone but a short time until a telephone call came from the mother with the understanding that restitution was going to be made, that the window would be paid for. Now that's a tremendous lesson in discipline. And I'd like to know that family better because good discipline is going on there. I'll never forget when I was a boy. uh, My father had instructed us not to throw the ball up on the roof, because he was fearful that not only might it have harmful effect upon the roof, but it, we might miss and hit a window. And I thought, well, my dad's smart, but he doesn't know how good an arm I have. And I'll never forget the day. You know, God does this to us, I'm Sure at times, just to teach us the important role of parents. But I wound up with all of my strength to throw that ball clear over the house if I could. Well, I missed and it went through not only the casement window of the house, but the storm window as well. Broken bolt. Well, my father didn't spank me for that. He did give me a very firm talking to, but He said, Mark, you know, you've been saving for that bicycle. And I had, wouldn't you know it? I'd saved just enough that it paid for the glass that broke both of those windows. Then on top of that disappointment, my father had me help him take the old glass out and reglaze the new windows in. And what was a very... A deliberate act of disobedience became a strong teaching tool to a son who had to start all over again saving for the bicycle. So, understand discipline and the tremendous importance of it in the role of a parent and in the role of your child And seek always to use God as your example of how to do it right. Be ready to make corrections when you understand what needs to be corrected. And sometimes it might even mean a very intimate time of getting alone with your child and apologizing for ways it was done wrongly. And that you're going to seek to do it right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how wonderful to have a Heavenly Father on this Father's Day who teaches us the role of being disciplinarians, give us wisdom and spiritual discernment. We would ask you, loving Heavenly Father, to use this series in the families here a part of our own church to great advantage and profit. Help children to respond to discipline well and parents to administer it well. Through Christ our Lord we pray, amen.